I want to turn a little closer to home here. What happened this last week where we had the, uh, the deaths of four, the uh, sentencing of about the deaths of four teenagers, which is so tragic here in Macomb County where the, uh, the drunk driver Francis Dingle, who's 47, had pled no contest to four counts of operating vehicle while intoxicated and she basically didn't want to try the case she gave up in terms of her right to go to go to trial to either plead either try to show that she was not um not drinking or not drunk at the time and people don't realize that it's really not drinking and driving that's really a misnomer about it it's really operating while under the influence you can be sitting on the side of the road be in the back of your uh, back of the wheel even with the keys sitting next to you and you're not even moving and they can get you for quote drunk driving or operating but that was not the case in this situation these poor kids were just sitting waiting after going to get pizza and and they got rammed in the side and as unfortunate as it is in terms of any kind of death case it could have been avoided by simply francis dingle not getting behind a wheel but as in all cases they're usually too basically pickled to know the proper choices and here she did do the right thing pled guilty to or pled no contest to the four counts of the operating while intoxicated uh basically it was a second degree murder case and she did get 22 and a half to 25 years we had an opportunity um earlier to talk with Eric uh Eric Smith the Macomb County prosecutor and um talk to him about that case can drunk drivers ever be held accountable? How can anyone stop the next individual from driving drunk and killing someone? Well, today we're joined by Eric Smith, Macomb County prosecutor, who's trying to really put the kibosh on drunk driving. After graduating from Central Michigan University and Detroit College of Law, Eric was appointed to Macomb County Prosecutor's Office and worked his way up to Chief Criminal Sexual Conduct Unit and uh, now has been elected, obviously, yeah, re-elected in 2008. Eric, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Scott. Great to be here. Now, I know your office over the years has really tried to crack down on drunk driving. This is, quite frankly, a lot of counties have. But when you have a tragedy, like we've recently have with that Francis Dingo, who pleaded guilty to the secondary murder and, and received 22 and a half years for killing those four teens, how, how can any office, what will your office, be proactive about something as preventing something as awful as that? Well, Scott, I, I wish more than anything that we could we could bottle the emotion of 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 the courtroom on the day of Dingle's sentencing. I, I've been I've, I've tried too many murder murder cases to count and have been involved in too many uh, sexual assault trials and sentencings. But that sentencing last week of Francis Dingle, where where four families individually got up there with pictures of of Stephanie, Devin, Erica, and Jordan, and and went through their lives and how much they're going to miss them. I tell you, Scott, there wasn't a dry eye in that entire courtroom, and that courtroom was packed, including, including the judge, the judge yeah, including right. the judge. And uh, you, you, you know, we we do everything we can on drunk driving, but if if you if if this if this tragedy doesn't send a message to every person, and 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 not just Macomb County, but it, everywhere uh, of 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 the possibilities of of what could happen if you get behind a wheel after drinking, I don't know what we can do. I mean, obviously, all we can do is is you know be be hard on the law and 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 convict them every time we can but when you see this kind of stuff and and any other worst thing is that day Francis Dingo was warned by the police 
because she was drunk, not to drive. And, and, you know, the police went above and beyond to try and keep her away from, uh, f- from getting behind the wheel. And, and obviously she didn't listen. And, and, you know, we're all suffering the repercussions of that. But, uh, Scott, I wish there was, I wish there was something we could do. I mean, you know, obviously we, we started our drunk driving forfeiture program to take cars away from repeat drunk drivers. But, tell, us, uh, tell us about the forfeiture program. How are you guys coming with that? Well, back, uh, in 2005, the, the legislature, Legislation, the, the legislators changed the law on, um, on, on drunk driving forfeitures. And they allowed us to uh, go in on, on repeat drunk drivers, not first-time offenders, but repeat drunk drivers, and seize their car. Yeah. And what happens is when they seize their car, either they, they have an opportunity to buy it back for a substantial amount of money, or we keep it and we sell it at auction. Either way, those proceeds go half to the police department, that made the arrest a quarter to to our office for training and equipment, and a quarter to law enforcement related charities such as Dare and 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 Mad and, and things along those lines. And as a matter of fact, we donated money from that fund um, to the funerals for these for these four kids. Eric, so, do, you, do you think that that forfeiture program, or do you think a financial cost like that? For, forget about the punishment. A second. Do you think the financial cost of losing your vehicle? Do you think that has a deterrent to drunk driving? That's what we're hoping for, and 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 I I can't tell you the stats to say that that's been true or not true, but you got to believe that at some point, you know, people know that they're going to get behind bars if they keep doing what they're doing. But when you tell them that you know we're going to take your car away and it's going to cost you on top of the court costs and the hiring of your attorneys and the insurance, but an additional several thousand dollars to get your car back you know we're going to do everything we can to make the idea of drunk driving um, as sour as possible you know it's not just the uh the repeat offender too and i know that's where you have your forfeiture program also focused on and allows for those forfeitures but and i've represented um several people that are first-time drunk drivers that quite frankly even last summer i represented that individual that was driving in uh, royal oak and first-time drunk driver and plowed into someone obviously someone was killed that actually they didn't prosecute with the second degree murder they prosecuted as owi causing death tell our audience how do you choose which one to prosecute well how egregious the 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 facts are in the case now obviously they they both ended up with with deaths right but in in our case we had the um she blew at uh more than twice the legal limit she had alcohol offenses in the past uh the 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 rate of her speed was in excess of 80 miles an hour there's all kinds of things that 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 bring that up from um an ordinary negligence up to a gross negligence standard. But, you know, it's also that our courts are always so focused on the on the drunk driving, but even that the recent uh, case of that Chesterfield kid where he got, uh, what is it, uh, La Corsia, where yeah. he was sentenced to just six months in jail, but it was suspended. Now, that, again, that was a death case, but it wasn't involving drunk driving, and the judge obviously was easier on him. Well, that, that, that's a difficult case, and, and, and this, you, had, you had three kids die in that case, and they were sentenced uh, last week. And then the next day, you have Dingle sentenced, uh, where four kids die in, in a drunk driving accident. So, you know, two of the saddest days around here. And, and, and in, that, in, the, in the case that you're referring to out of Chesterfield, there was a trial charging uh, uh, manslaughter to one of the drivers, and uh, he was found guilty of... Um, of negligent homicide, the two-year. So at that point, you know, we pled him to we pled the other driver to the negligent homicide as well. At, 
you know, we had three families. In the, in the most recent case, you had the driver where the other three kids passed away who was friends with those other three kids. So it's, you know, when you, when you have that case, you, you, when you have that situation, you have, you know, the families are all friends, so it's, it, it makes it a little more difficult. But when you, you have the person that we thought was the more egregious um, be convicted of the lesser crime, well, you know, we sort of we sort of have to do what we can do at that point. But, you know, that was a little bit of a road rage incident. And, and, and in this case, in the Dingle case, never have, has there been a more, a, 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 a more true spot, a more true saying of in the wrong place at the wrong time. Four kids doing nothing wrong other than going to get a pizza, for God's sakes, sitting at a light and a turnaround and, 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 and to get hit by a full-size van at 80 miles an hour. And this van was airborne and hit them above the uh, the door handles. Well, it's every mu- well, it's other every parent's nightmare. We're talking to Eric Smith, Macomb County Prosecutor here on on Weinberg Law. You know, it brings because you mentioned there were obviously, and as part of your office, as every office, you have to have some type of plea bargain. And we had Kim Worthy on the other day, and we were talking about, you know, when you have a big county prosecutor like yours or Wayne County, Oakland County, there, there's no way you can try every case. It's just it's impossible. Well, and you, you and especially with the budgets going on in Macomb County, you That's have right. to have a plea bargaining policy so that you can not shut everything down. Well, we, we, we've we've certainly since I've been in here, you know, I've been in this office for 17 years now. As you know, as a matter of fact, uh, you know, the first office I was ever in here in 1993, I shared with yourself. Well, that is true. <laughs> Back when you were an assistant prosecutor, but you, you know, we have. Now we have 22,000 cases a year that come through our office, more than Oakland County, uh, less than Wayne County, but we have 55 attorneys. So you have 55 attorneys handling 22,000 cases. You, you can't try every one of those cases, so you have to develop plea policies. And, and our policies are, you know, no case is ever pled involving a gun crime, no case is involved, no case ever pled involving a child, no case is ever pled involving a home invasion. Um, a convicted felon never gets a plea bargain. But, you know, you have first-time offenders, you have nonviolent crimes, where, where you have to plead these cases. We don't have the judges, we don't have the resources to try every one of them, unfortunately. You guys can't have the resources even to have a receptionist. <laughs> I mean, the, the budgets in Macomb, they don't give you enough tools to be able to do the things you really want to do. Well, you, you, in, in the last... We were just discussing this today, as a matter of fact. In the last... Uh, what are we at now? In, May, uh, in the last 18 months... We've lost 23 people in our office, including prosecutors, investigators, and secretary. And we haven't been able to fill any of those spots. They were all eliminated from our budget. And we only have 110 people to start in this office. So we're down to the eight, we're down in the eighties now. So when you lose that kind of, th- th- those numbers of people, you're, you're, you're trying to find new and inventive ways to cover, you know, the caseload, which is increasing, which is steadily increasing. You know, we're we're talking uh, on the line with also um, with uh, Sheriff Bouchard, and obviously he's running for governor. But we were talking about things going on in Mackinac yeah, this week, and they're all talking about the state budgets. Now, the economy, obviously, how we come out of the ashes here in Michigan. Do you see as a prosecutor that as the economy went down and actually just now maybe creeping up, do you see that crime went significantly up during that period of time, or is it is it affected by the bad economy? Well, yeah, I keep seeing the studies from uh, the federal government that 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 violent crime is down in and and Warren and down in Sterling and down in Macomb County and down in the Tri County areas. I don't see it. Uh, you know, I hate to say it, but we we certainly have seen more than our fair share of 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 not just you know 
ordinary crime, but but violent crime. And and now we see an awful lot of scams going on. It's it's spread from, you know, from the south end right through the north end. And and, and it's 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 a sad thing that we have to we have to fight our way through. But you know, back in the old days when you were in our office, Scott, we didn't we didn't see so much violent crime. And now since I've been in this office, we've seen you know not just violent crime, but historically violent crime that's that that's led dateline to our office and we, i think we have four or five dateline shows that have been on national tv for hey, these crazy kids. i saw you on dateline you look pretty good <laughs> you know the, the, it's sad that we keep getting on because of these crazy cases like grant and ream and, and all the other ones but you know the good thing is we win them but the, the sad thing is they, they they leave such a wake in their path you know, you mentioned that there's an upsurge of different crimes. You know, I was just talking to uh, to a judge here in uh, in Roseville. We were talking about, quite frankly, the upsurge in drug crimes in Fraser and Roseville. I mean, I've seen, and as a criminal lawyer, I've seen an upsurge of heroin coming into the county too. Is it coming in from Wayne County? Where where's the where are these drugs coming in from? Well, you know, unfortunately, it's, it's it's tough to figure exactly where they're coming from. They're coming from down south, and whether they stop in Wayne County or stop in Oakland County or stop in Macomb, and we have our bus that come out of, you know, we've gotten certainly out of them out of Arizona and out of, out of Florida as well. But you're right. I mean, we 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 have seen a resurgence of heroin that we haven't seen since the '60s. I mean, I went to high school in the early '80s, and you know, if if anyone had alcohol, it was a huge deal. I, I never even heard of heroin or any of those drugs. And now, you, you know, I go to schools and speak constantly, and, and you say, how many people here know someone other than, you know, not yourself, but know someone who has used, and you go through a lit- litany of drugs, and almost every hand is up. So it, it, it's troubling. And, and you know, we, we do everything we can, but... Um, we're, we're, we're fighting an uphill battle in some regards. You know, you talk about going to the high schools, and I know that you guys uh, you help out a lot there, but I want to go to the other generation. You talked about how our economy, and as it goes down, you've seen an upsurge of scams. And I know that you have more elder abuse cases. How are you going around and protecting the elders? Well, th- that is something that has spiked higher than any other crime that we've had. And, and, and it's... it's, it's the, it's it's an easy mark, I hate to say, for for criminals. You have the sentencing guidelines on nonviolent crimes such as elder abuse or or, or and when I say abuse, I'm not talking about physical abuse. I'm talking about scams, financial scams. The the sentencing guidelines on those are notoriously low because there's they're, they're nonviolent crimes. But when you see the, the the devastation that they leave behind, which is, you know, you have seniors who have saved their whole lives to be able to retire. And, and, you know, they grew up in a different generation than I did and you did, that maybe they're more trusting of certain people. And sometimes they keep money on hand instead of with the banks because they have certain distrust of banks. Well, the, the scammers have, have, have zeroed in on this, and they, you know, they come and knock at seniors' doors and tell them that they're, you know, they're there to cut out the the easy ones. Or they're there to cut the, the – the, their neighbor hired them to – cut the uh, tree in the back that's hanging over onto their lawn, and the senior says, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, well, come on back. I'll show you. Well, they, they, they walk into the backyard with the senior. In the meantime, the bad guy's partner runs in the front door and goes to the bedroom and steals everything that they can that's yeah. not nailed down. I mean, something as, as right. simple as that is, is pulled off on, 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 a, uh, you know, on, a, on a very often basis. Well, it's amazing what a bad economy can bring out the the worst in us. But we want to thank you, Eric, for joining us. Eric uh, Smith, Macomb County Prosecutor, joining us here on Wyoming Log, talking about everything from, quite frankly, drunk driving to protecting our grandparents. Eric, we hope to have you back on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Scott. Take care. Bye-bye.
It is so sad whenever you have a situation when when you just lose members of your family, but, you know, it's both sides. People don't realize that there's no winners in those kind of situations. You get the family, of course, that is destroyed when you lose a loved one, whether, believe me, if it's a negligent homicide, if it's a drunk driver, or if someone's wrongfully walking across the street and the driver isn't even at fault, you still lose your loved one. It it doesn't make it better simply because someone goes to prison. People think it does. It doesn't. It made the family still destroyed. Now, you want some type of retribution. You want some type of um, response by the law so that it perhaps can prevent someone else down the road from making that criminal choice so you can protect society in the future, and that's really what the prosecutor is doing. It's blaming and taking um, action now for punishment and for retribution on behalf of the family. But what they're really doing is, as a prosecutor's office, is protecting society and teaching people in the future, this is what happens, don't do it. And it's always a question, do tougher drunk driving laws, do they really prevent? Do they really teach? Do they really try to um, organize an effort against future drunk drivings? And that's really, I, I think it is up in the air. I really do. I think that people are going to commit crimes. They're going to have substance abuse problems, whether we criminalize them or not. They really will. The question is, do, do stronger drunk driving laws, taking away your vehicles and forfeiture actions, making it so that first offenders go to jail or have interlock devices on their cars or have tether units on their anklets, does that prevent someone from going out to, for instance, Royal Oak on a Saturday night and having three beers instead of two and driving home drunk? I don't know. I mean, I guess Mothers Against Drunk Driving would have statistics that would say yes. The prosecutor's office and the legislature would probably have it. But as a criminal defense attorney, I'm telling you that you can have any walk of life from a substance abuse, uh, someone who's abusing alcohol and drugs on a daily basis, to the teetotaler mom who basically was at a garden party and she had a little too much wine and she drove home and got drunk and got arrested. You have the same decision makers. You have people that don't know when enough is enough. And then when they're drunk or when they're over the legal limit, at least bodily wise, they have too much alcohol to their blood system so they can't make those proper choices. Then they get behind the wheel of a car and they drive. And it's not in their minds a criminal choice like we were talking about before with stealing when you're in a store and you take, you know, CDs, that is a different criminal choice than when you go and you're at a garden party and you've had two and a half glasses of wine and didn't eat and therefore you've got too high blood alcohol uh, level in your system. It is a different type of choice. Yet, if you ask any prosecutor, if you ask any judge, you ask any legislator, it is still a criminal choice. It is not simply described as a mistake. So, you know, you have to decide on your own volition 
whether or not you're going to put yourself in a position to then be have to to have to make those choices. And that's really what happens when you have a teetotaling mom going to a garden party. Will I what am I like when I have had a little alcohol? Should I have more than one? Should I drink at all? That's a different type of choice than when you have a subsubducer who basically is a um alcoholic sitting at home drinking a fifth of vodka every day and then they choose to drive. You have different decision making process of it. But either way, the prosecutor always feels that it is a criminal choice and is going to prosecute those cases. But unfortunately that was a, a very sad, sad choice uh for both the family of the of the victims and and also for the uh, defendant. Have you or a loved one been arrested or charged with a crime? Do you want to stay out of jail and try to keep your record clean? Then you need the attorneys from Weinberg Law at 1-800-7100-LAW. And if you call right now, they can qualify you for a payment plan designed just for you. That's right, an affordable top criminal law firm. Call 1-800-7100-LAW. Stay out of jail, keep your record clean, and qualify for payment plans. Call now, 1-800-710-0529. That's 1-800-7100-LAW. 